Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. So uh, we're just going to get right into it. Give me 10 minutes. That's all I need is 10 minutes, all right? Ish, ish, ish. Um, so I, I was telling you I was wrestling uh, this week of, of just what was on my heart and uh, where the Lord was leading us today. I knew that we wanted to spend the majority of our time in, in prayer uh, because of where we're at. But I, I felt like there was another thing that I wanted to address too. And, and, and I say this um, because it was on my heart. Like it was, I was going through this. And that is um, this, this addressing fear, anxiety, um, just uh, yeah, anxious hearts that is plaguing the body of Christ today because of everything. There's fear, there's anxiety that's growing in the body of Christ um, just with what we're seeing, and the enemy is relishing in that, and it was kind of a, an intense word for, for me this week because I was thinking about all the what-ifs and, and those kind of scenarios, and if I'm just real with you, um, I've had the back-and-forth moments in my flesh, seeing the, the stuff over there in Europe, like, and then your mind starts running rampant, like it's going to spill over into the United States. You guys know what I'm talking about. And then all my friends that I grew up with have to post, you know, Wolverines, and, you know, it's basically the uh, Red Dawn. You guys know what I'm talking about. And so then I'm like, did I watch that to prepare me for this moment? <laughs> and uh, there's a bit of excitement in that, and then a realization of, I like my potato chips sitting on the couch watching the news, right? <laughs> and so in that moment, though, I was kind of in this place of going, like, I'm just confessing in my heart, I had a little bit of a mixture of this battle of being fearful, a bit afraid, anxious thoughts were building, and really all of it isn't about a war in some other country that then gives the world, you know, tension. It's really a spiritual warfare for where I'm fixing my eyes at. All of this that's happening, this isn't the first time. The first Christians were being killed by the mil thousands by Nero, right? The first Christians were being killed. Millions of believers have been killed over and over and over for the gospel. And so then you get the Holocaust and you get the world wars and you get all of these things. Every generation goes through their tension of pruning and pushing and squeezing and all of it is a spiritual warfare to get our eyes off of Christ. All of it. Because, see, the world watches in intense times like this to see what the church does. All the hope that we say we have, all the joy in the midst of trials and suffering, all of the, the love that we have, when the, when the world squeezes down, eyes look at the church and go, how are they responding to this? And I'm just telling you, it becomes an issue and, and in my own heart when my response is anxiousness and, and fear and, and worry when I'm confessing that my hope is in Jesus, right? And it's just my own thing that he's dealing with in my heart. And he's going, Aaron, all of this is to show you. It's that I led you into the wilderness so that you could see what was in your heart. Are you fixed on me? Are your eyes on me regardless of what is going on around you? Hebrews 12, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and that crowd of witnesses that we're surrounded by, they went through horrific times. 
They went through droughts and famines and disease and wars and, and being taken away and plundered by other countries. And he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Here we go. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. I have one place that I'm looking to in these times. I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of my faith. For the joy that was set before him, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he's gonna tell you why all this is important. Why is he telling us that there's witnesses and Jesus did this and all of this stuff? He says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that, everybody say so that. So that all of this that he did was so that you and I will not grow weary and lose heart. If I told you just to do a Google search of how many times in scripture you'll see the words, don't be anxious, don't be fearful, don't worry, don't lose heart, don't let your heart grow faint, don't let your heart be troubled, it would rattle off a hundred scripture verses. And so if scripture sees it as important to tell you and I not to worry, not to be fearful, not to freak out, not to let our hearts grow faint, not to let our hearts be troubled, it must be important to the heart of God. And so in Hebrews 12, he's like, all of these things, Jesus going to the cross, and all of these things, this race marked out and fixing our eyes on Christ, all of these things are to show us that we do not have to grow weary and lose heart. When war breaks out, economic things happen, and you start to feel the pinch and the tension. Do you notice that conversation changes? Where it used to be things like, I can't wait to you know, watch that game or whatever it is. All eyes are fixed now of going, holy cow, it's not about the game anymore. I just watch Left Behind and I'm freaking out, right? Don't do that. Don't watch, okay? Don't, don't do that. It's like all of our conversation stems from the things that we enjoy. And then you start to see tension in the world. Do you notice conversations change? Like, uh, so uh, do you think Jesus is coming back soon, right? Like, you don't talk about that on normal day times. You don't, most people don't walk around going, today's the day he's coming back. Not everybody does that. But when things happen and you feel squeezed and you feel tension and you feel pressure, do you notice how there's revelation in your heart that starts coming out and the things that are the most important are the things you begin to talk about? I wonder if I'm spending enough time with my family. I wonder if this, I wonder if that. But the things in times of tension that come out are usually the things that are much more important. And so the Lord takes these moments that the enemy means for evil and he shows a revelation of where your heart is at. And so really you could say that, that in this moment there's, there's two courses that you could run. You could run the course where you're going, in this time where we feel an economic tension and pressure and wars and rumors of wars and all of these things, it's gonna drive me to learn and lean in to him and get my eyes fixed on him or it's gonna cause me to fear and withdraw and live in anxiety. It's one of those two. And so really spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare, because this is all spiritual warfare, is about you and I discovering the sovereignty, supremacy, and majesty of Jesus. 
Too many times we make spiritual warfare at looking at what the enemy is doing and trying to figure that out. We make spiritual warfare first to look at the enemy, what he's doing, where we need to be looking at God and what he's already done. Spiritual warfare isn't for us to focus on the enemy, it's for us to focus on the Lord. And so in this time, what it's doing is it's going, remember who I am. I'm the God who delivers and restores and renews. I'm the God who can take care of it. This is why he tells Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you. This is why he's going to tell Paul in Romans to write, if God is for us, who can stand against us? This is why Jesus is going to say in John 14, 1, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. Fear and anxiety is a scheme for our hearts to get troubled and lost. And you'll see story after story after story that talks about that. And so there's three things that I just want to address real quickly with you. And that's first is that we have to get back to that heavenly mindset. We talk about this all the time in here. Is your mindset set on the realities of heaven or are you set on looking around the earth going, it's all mess, it's all trouble, it all stinks? Heavenly mindset, two, we have to come to a place where we just confess that we've got a little fear. The Lord loves confession and he does things in confession. Number three, we gotta claim God's promises. Let me tell you what I mean by having a heavenly mindset. In John 13 through 16, what you're gonna see, chapters 13 through 16, is Jesus is gonna talk consistently of going, I'm going away, I'm going away, I'm going away, and when I go away, I'm gonna build a house. There's a mansion my father has, and I'm gonna build a room for you. I'm gonna prepare a room for you. He's trying to get us to understand that everything that's happening around us is not forever. And so he's like, I'm going away, and I'm preparing something for you, and then one day I'm going to come back and get you, and I'm going to take you with me, right? This is the language of Jesus through John 13, really through 16. He's like, when I go to my father's house, I'm preparing something for you. That right there is supposed to give us hope, supposed to give us peace, supposed to give us comfort. And he gets to this place where he talks about the Holy Spirit, and he says, the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. Look what he's going to tell you. He will tell you about, everybody say the future. There's a reason that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to tell us about the future. So that when my heart starts to grow weary and trouble, the Holy Spirit reminds you, remember, your room is not here, your room is up there. Remember, your hope is not here, your hope is up there. Your peace is not here. Your peace is up there. The Holy Spirit has a role of telling us about the future to get us off of a perspective that's only focused in the crumminess of what's happening all around us. So he tells us, get a heavenly perspective. Remember, there's a future ahead of you. I tell you, sometimes in church life, we talk a lot about things like, you know, don't get so caught up in the future that you miss the here and now. I think we need to get much more caught up in the future. I think we need to get much more. We're not so much forward-thinking people. We are upward-thinking people. We need to look up. We need to start looking up and be reminded that the Holy Spirit is telling us about the future. He reminds us that overwhelming victory is, is ours in Christ Jesus. He reminds us in 1 John 4, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. He reminds us in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. He's challenging our hearts constantly to stop focusing on what is seen and start focusing on what is unseen because what is unseen is eternal. 
You see, church, this is where the enemy wants us to live and, and, and put our tent stakes down is in this fear and anxiety. And I wanna read this. Fear and anxiety are never going to lose their power over you until you can be honest about what drives them. And what drives them is namely that we struggle with trusting God in our future. Like God confess it all day long. I'll, I'll tell you all day long, I believe him, I believe him, I believe him, I believe him. But then when push comes to shove and I'm like, oh, do I believe him? I'm gonna be with him, I'm gonna be with him, I'm gonna be with him. But then when I get squeezed, I'm like, am I gonna be with you? And so it really comes down to fear and anxiety are driven by this underlying honesty in our hearts of going, I'm struggling to really trust you with my future, Lord. And so you got trying to trust the Lord with your future, trying to trust the Lord with your here and now. There's a story I've shared a thousand times in here. Do you remember the story of Elisha and his servant boy when the armies of Aram are coming to gather around them and essentially kill them? Do you guys remember that story? It's in 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and Elisha is sitting there and the servant boy wakes up and he sees this huge army around them, encamped around them. There's no escape. They, they cannot escape. And Elisha, he's playing it so cool. The servant boy's freaking out. Oh, there's an army around us, right? Tommy boy bees. Be okay, never mind. Everybody, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's an army around them. And, and then Elisha wakes up and he's like, like, what's going on? He's like, do you not see the army around us? Are, you, are your eyes not open? And, and Elisha's like, hmm, they're there, right? He literally says, he prays, oh, Lord. Would you open his eyes? Notice Elijah didn't say, oh Lord, would you give me a strong heart in this moment? I'm freaking out. Elijah doesn't even pray for himself. He's so confident in the Lord. He goes, oh Lord, this young man's freaking out. Oh Lord, would you open his eyes that he can see? Well, he's already looking around. It was spiritualized that he needed open. And it says in that moment, the young man opened his eyes and he saw armies of chariots and fire surrounding the army of Aram that was coming to get him. And it was like in that moment, everything changed for that boy's perspective. And he heard those words, greater are those that are with us than greater are those that are with them. And in that moment, everything changed. And it was simply a perspective change. It was open my eyes to see what you see, Lord, not what's happening around me. Well, we know what the Lord sees. What the Lord sees is there's a future for you and a promise for you and a hope for you and a home for you. This is what the Lord sees. And so in that moment, Elijah and the servant boy, they just go strolling right through that army. And it says the Lord struck them blind, the army blind, and they walked right through them. I'm telling you, church, this fear and anxiety because of what we see happening intensifies with every new year. Every year that comes, something else. Everybody's like, 2022, it's going to be a beautiful year. Right? It just, it's, it intensifies. And it's all the Lord going, what's in your heart? What are your eyes fixed on? Why are you anxious? Why are you fearful? Do you trust me? And it comes down to, I, I want to, but I got some stuff in my heart. So, I told you 10 minutes, one more, one more minute. He says these words, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. 
Literally, fear is a snare. It's looking to trap you. If fear can trap you, you can't go forward. If fear can trap you, you feel like you can't take another step because you're so stuck in that moment. The enemy's trying to trap you. He's trying to get you. He's trying to devour you and bite you so that you will stay right there in the fear and not move forward in the Lord. And he says it. The fear of man brings a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. It's a perspective change. Confess your fear. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord. He's like, I laid out my fear and he heard me and he delivered me from, somebody say, all my, all my fears. Here's a guy in Psalm saying, I confessed my fears to the Lord. I sought him and not only did he deliver me, he delivered me from all of my fears because when the Lord shows up, there's not a fear in your heart that's gonna go, you know what, I think I can take the Lord. There's not a fear that's gonna do that. Nothing, you have no rival, you have no equal, yours is the name above all names. The, the, the psalmist is saying, when you showed up, God, every fear had to leave me. So we confess our fears and then finally, we claim God's promises. Ryan, will you come on up? Where's Ryan at? Ryan Wallace, come on. Hey, there you are. <laughs> Saw you, good job, buddy. Um, <laughs> honestly, I thought you were back there hiding out. Um, the last one is we claim God's promises. So Ryan's gonna sing this song over us, and here's three promises I just want you to claim today. Will you bring that up on the, on the screen? Three promises that I want you to claim today. Deuteronomy 31, six, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Somebody claim that today. Psalm 118.6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Somebody claim that today. Isaiah 41.10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Somebody claim that today. Would you just bow your heads this morning? Ryan's gonna sing this song. And if you're dealing with fear, anxiety, or anything else in your life, will you just claim those? And then we'll stand together and we'll, we'll close us out here in just a second. Oh 
beside us, you go in front of us and behind us and beside us everywhere we go, you go. I pray that we have such a radical trust in you, Jesus, with our now and with our future, that God, fear and anxiety cannot dwell inside of these spirits and these bodies. Father, we cast it out in Jesus' name, and we thank you, God, that we can walk out of here in boldness, in confidence, in trust, knowing you've got it all laid out and we are found in you. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.